Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, Mel and Justin. Hey, yeah. Taylor. Which side of a puppy has the most hair? <laughs> Which side? The outside. Oh. Oh. <laughs> bork, Welcome back bork. to the Flea from Papa podcast. I always forget bork, bork, hello, okay? Just deal with it. Bork, bork, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hungry. That's how it is, okay? Sometimes that's how it be. Sometimes that's how it be that y'all don't feed me and then I get hungry. Thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Foof, Foof and Plooper podcast. <laughs> Floof and Papa podcast. <laughs> I'm here with Taylor. Hi, I'm hungry. And I'm Mel. And we've got our special guest. Hi, it's Justin. It's hey. Justin. Palazzo or is that it? Yeah. I did it. <laughs> Palazzo or. I always wait for, I think it's going to be also, but it's just or. Or. Or so. Or. Palazzo or. Palazzo or. Okay. Good. I like it a lot. <laughs> well, do you have a story? I do have a story. I have a couple stories because no. today. Oh, okay. Don't be rude. Don't hungry. We're going to feed this gal. Uh, today I wanted to talk about dogs in mythology and folklore. Oh, Ooh, nice. Have yeah. we not done that before? I, I don't think so. I, think so I have a story about a dueling dog for you at some point. <gasps> so oh, I thought you said dueling like with sparkles. No, like a jewel dueling. dueling like it's fighting. Dueling. Like dueling. Like, yeah, yeah, my bad. Oh, I'm very excited for that. Okay. Okay. So I'll give you, I'll give you a couple. Let's start with... Let me just read to you this this okay. article. It's um by Hemlock and Hawthorne um, on A WordPress. <laughs> um, although I'm missing the name of the author, so like just bear with us. No. They say, Dogs and hounds are sacred and otherworldly in many cultures and prevalent in many myths, particularly those regarding the gods of the wild places. So a really interesting thing, there's a, a series on Netflix that is about um, mythology and they were just talking about how – um, the wild places represent the other parts of humans, mm-hmm. like the non-desirable kind of qualities. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, they are the guardians, the dogs. They are guardians of the way between. Bounding through the forest on the hunt, they cross through the boundary between the worlds. So our first one we have today is Artemis. Artemis. Thal. Wasn't that a series of books when we were That kids? was a series of books. But just no. Just regular Artemis. Just regular, regular old Artemis. Playful Pan gifted the virgin huntress Artemis seven dogs. So the the dog isn't Artemis, it's the person. Goddess. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, which pulled down very lions when they clutched their throats and hailed, hailed, howled them. How do you spell it? Mauled them. I don't know. H-A-L-E-D. Howled them. Still living to the fault, which is from him to Artemis. In Thrace, dogs were sacrificed to the goddess to whom the animal is sacred. Uh, we ju- we don't condone uh, sacrificing dogs, but this is a this mythology. Is a tale. Yeah, this is a, a tale. <laughs> uh, to whom the animal is sacred. When Artemis made, or oh, apologies for pronunciation as always, Crean, 
a Thessalian slash Northern Greek princess, her companion, the goddess also bestowed the princess with a pair of magical dogs. But Artemis's vengeance is just as swift as her generosity is deep. And when Acteon, who boasted of being a superior hunter than the goddess herself, spied on Artemis bathing with her attendants in a river. Oh, this is what I was watching that show about. This was a part in that show. Anyway, she sprouted. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Yeah. She sprouted antlers from his head, causing his own hounds to instantly attack and devour him. So there was a dude walking through a forest um, into the wilderness. He came upon Artemis who was bathing in a lake slash waterfall slash body of water in this forest uh, with, her, with her maidens. Um, Artemis caught him out. I was so upset by it that she turned him into like a deer creature so that his own hunting dogs picked up the scent and went straight for him. When will dudes learn don't go spying on a goddess while she's bathing in the lake? Right? Never is the correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) No good will come from this. Brilliant. Um, The second one I have is, oh, I looked up the pronunciation of this before, but it's Welsh, so sorry, (laughs) is... It sounds like cool, cool, and one, and one. Oh, you guys. Oh, sorry. I'm back here again. I didn't do your homework. But it's C-W. Hey, ow. (laughs) (laughs) It's C-W with like a little accent. N. Next word. A-double-N-W-N. Welsh. Welsh. And the wild hunt. In Welsh folklore, this creature or these creatures are the white spectral hounds of a double N W N the Welsh other world. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to spelling with Melanie Bolivar. <laughs> and that was my joke that you always hated. Yeah. Now I'm bringing it back. And now you're bringing it back. I like that. Um, the Welsh other world engaged in the wild hunt with the dark King Welsh King, uh, <laughs> hounding human souls and guiding them on wet nosed psychopomps. <laughs> I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. You said a bunch of words. I don't understand anything you said in, in the last zero, five minutes. With zero context, I just said a bunch of words. Um, I got wet-nosed. <laughs> so these spectral hounds um, guide them, guide human souls. Um, and to hear the wailing of these hounds was an omen of imminent death in the family. Oy. The group hunts from Christmas to Twelfth Night while the wind... Howls fiercely. What is this sentence? <laughs> Accompanied, you know what? Accompanied by Matilda of the Night. Thank goodness for an English translation. Who drives the hounds ever on? What is this sentence, you guys? Mel, is this the first time you've read this? <laughs> <laughs> what? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, let me just tell you that the tale of the wild hunt is prevalent across northern Europe, perhaps originating with Odin's hunt. In Norse folklore, the souls of the dead waft away on storm winds, and it is wind, lightning, and thunder that announces the wild huntsman and his enormous party of hunters on horseback and their baying dogs. Yay, dogs. Love dogs. <laughs> um, with Slepinir's eight legs quickened by the howling wind, which is a, a, a horse. <laughs> the... Uh, Wild, oh my goodness, you guys. The le- <laughs> With the legs quickened by the howling wind, Odin leads the wild hunt through the night sky, trailed by the ghosts of the dead, um, which these spectral hounds guide. Souls of the dead. Hey, Justin, tell me about that no. one story you had about dueling things <laughs> that you actually know about and aren't just like confusedly reading off a page. 
Well, there's <laughs> a uh, a tale from I think it's the 1600s. I could be wrong with my dates, and I think it's in France. I could be wrong with my locations. You know what? That's but okay. The general story is love it. Guy and his friend went out hunting with mm-hmm. the guy's dog, mm-hmm. and so when they were out hunting, the guy's friend shot the guy, <gasps> but then went back to town. And then oh, okay. the everyone's like, where did that guy go? Uh, <laughs> being France, maybe his name was Guy. But where did that guy go? Um, we don't know where he is. And his dog would always just be running around in the streets. Mm. And then one of his other friends collected the dog and looked after it. And then what happened is every time the the friend who's now looking after the dog mm. was walking down the street and the friend that was hunting with the guy – met each other the dog would go crazy at the the guy like barking and snarling at him and stuff so the friend who was looking after the dog went hang on a second friend is now missing has never returned since these guys went hunting every time the dog sees the the friend the dog goes angry and crazy (laughs) i think the dog is actually accusing the man of killing his human so this being the time of uh uh, duels for for legal reasons. Mm-hmm. They basically had a duel between the dog and the human. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. So they had a a judicial duel between the dog and the human. So to make things a little bit fairer, they put the guy halfway through, uh, halfway down a hole, like a hole up to his sure, waist. Sure. Okay. Uh, and so just to yeah, even things up a little bit. Yeah, of course. So like, how cool is that? Do we know who won? <laughs> um, you'll have to read the yeah. story for. for is it me? Reference. Do I win? Um, yes, Taylor win. Taylor win. Yay! Taylor won. Do I win lunch because I'm still History hungry? History is oh the my winner. God. <laughs> History. <laughs> Great. That is such a brilliant story and so yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it's amazing. It is bizarre. Can you imagine? Is that a true story or is that a myth? Well, it's Folklore. It's a, a recording of a potentially true story. Ah, yeah. Uh, so it, the jewel apparently is real. Um well, I don't know. Yeah, the other things for, for future reference. Read Baldick's The Duel. D U E. Got it. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> yes, Taylor, save me. Yep, I'm gonna do a brief. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing baubles. Bauble. Bauble. Because we love spelling on this podcast so much. B o e r b o e l. Oh, bauble. So it's like bobo, but you put an r and an l in there. Horrible. Thanks. So like Bobo, but different. Bobo. Bobo, but like not at all. It's really <laughs> cute. I found him because in 2018 he was ranked 121 on the American Kennel Club's most popular breeds, <laughs> which in case you were wondering is very low down. But he probably out of 192. quite high in Southern Africa, I'm guessing. Um, Yes, because he's a oh, South African dog. Well nice. done. Um, they're classed as confident, intelligent, and calm. Love that. They are their life expectancy is only nine to eleven years, which is not especially long. Well, they're big, big doggos. Big yes, molossa type doggos. They are molossa type doggos. Look at Less- every time you say that, I just think of molasses, molasses <laughs> type doggo, and I just think of like black stretchy stuff. Borbles are intimidating but discerning guardians of home and family who learn their trade while protecting remote South African homesteads from ferocious predators. Oh, we'll hunt down a ferocious predator. They are oh, I'm still hungry. Chomp. They are dominant and confident, also bright and eager to learn. Just letting you know. Cool. Um, there's a no frills, no nonsense quality to this sleek coated Avenger. No frills. No frills. Um, usually weighs as much as you do. <laughs> Is 
that what that says? The description. Ah. <laughs> Whoever the you is. Yeah. It's it just says there. and weigh who might weigh as much as you do. Yeah, they get pretty big. They're about pretty 65 to yeah. 90 kilos. Yeah, mine's in pounds, so I'm like, I can't read that. But yeah, 65 to 90 is pretty average for, probably, let's say, a female. Wow, 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 wow. So the average woman, they can maybe? Get pretty big. Yep. Yeah. Um, a broad and blocky dogs, head. Dogs, I mean, the dogs are pretty big. <laughs> Body positivity for all, (laughs) including dogs and definitely humans. Okay. You made that awkward. We were chill over here. (laughs) You were not chilling. You were chill as hell, man. A broad and blocky head, powerful jaws and thick muscles from neck to rump. Marked as a descendant of the ancient Mollusa dog family. See, Mel, you were right. You're all over it. I know things. Um, I missed my spot. The foundation of today's Mastiff type breeds. Yep. In motion, the bauble might just be the most agile of all mastiff types. I thought you were about to say the the most ancient, like the oldest one, like the claim we had the for most the-, oldest. <laughs> the most oldest. <laughs> yeah. um, the imposing bauble is devoted to protecting the people and places he loves. Training and socialization should begin early, like every dog. <sighs> Before a passion becomes a dominant adult. This is a trainable, versatile breed, eager to spend time with their adored humans. Still, a bauble may, might be way too much dog for the novice owner to handle. Definitely. Fair. I would not recommend, would not recommend a for bauble for a novice owner. Have you ever encountered a bauble? Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine has a bauble. No, oh, she in has Australia? two bauble. Yes, in Brisbane. Wowee. Yeah. So How does that happen? Lovely, lovely dog, but you don't want to mess with them. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah fair. That's, yeah. A, that's a big old dog. Big old dog. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of those molosses will tend to be having those strong guardian tendencies. Mm. I love a guardian tendency. Guardian. <laughs> Makes me think they're like an angel. Yeah. Pew pew. The strong athletic ball bell needs daily exercise, such as long walks on a leash or play sessions in a securely fenced area with his owner. Baubles need mental stimulation and interaction with their owners along with physical activity. They will not take like <laughs> they will not take kindly to challenges from other dogs and visiting dog parks is not recommended. Not recommended. Aye. Would you agree with that, Justin? Well, going back to our nightclub analogy of yeah, from of, a few yeah. weeks ago. of uh, dog parks. So they don't put up with other doggies nonsense. So it's yeah. like taking your bouncer friend out to a nightclub. They just don't deal with other people being They'll try stupid. to bounce people. I want a bouncer friend. <laughs> Do we have a bouncer friend? We should look into that. Uh, there's got to be someone Something out there. You can work yeah. on. Or you could get a bubble. Oh, we could get a bubble. Um, you were saying securely fenced area for these doggos. I imagine you'd need like six foot fencing, like solid fencing. Yeah, I would guess they could outside. jump. Yeah, very or like leap if they want. They're the most agile. Again, they're very they're very fit looking dog, kind yeah. of like um, the Australian band dog. Um, I guess would be the Australian. Uh, equivalent uh-huh. of a bauble, so it's kind of that Google's mol- immediately that molossa strength with that um, large terrier kind of agility as well. Yeah. So, yeah, very agile, very strong, very fast, but super smart. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. Lots of enrichment. Um, because of their protective instinct, the bauble should never be allowed off leash. Oh. Never be allowed off leash. <laughs> They're like sleeping in bed, and you're like, stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'm in sure case. you can let them off leash at <laughs> some point in time, but maybe never, they mean never. maybe not in public. I mean in public, yeah, I gotcha. Think. But you know, according to most councils, you probably shouldn't have your dog off leash anyway. Yeah, that's Ooh. true. Fact. Um, the breed often enjoys participating in obedience rally weight pull. Oh, I didn't know about weight pull. Oh, that wasn't yeah. on my list. Weight pull. Weight what the pull. heck is weight there you pull? Go. It's and pretty agility. Much what it sounds like. Just pull, pull a heavy and, thing. Pull so and they weight. have like a heavy cart and they just 
World Cup weights on it and get the dogs to pull. Powerlifting so, for dogs. That's yeah, powerlifting wild. for dogs. So baubles are fantastic. Maybe we could get Zola it. to do that, then she can compete with my mum. Zola <laughs> is the size of a small creature. <laughs> yeah, Zola's about as big as Nick's. Which you, <laughs> you, the listener, cannot see, but no, just for Justin. Oh my god, <laughs> they don't have to listen to everything we say. Nicks. Sometimes I'm just chatting, and, and you Nick's, know, Nick's me with those words before. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Zola's very, very tiny, but she's stocky as hell. Yeah, but not very strong. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. my mom is a powerlifter. That was the context there. Ah, yeah, right. uh, gotcha. I love the context after an entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they're somewhere in between a couch potato and needs lots of activity. They're not extreme. Boer, a Dutch word meaning farmer, was the name given to Dutch, German, and hello, Huguenot settlers of South Africa who began arriving in the mid 1600s. To protect their remote homesteads from predators, they brought along large guarding dogs, but bull types and mastiff types among them. The interbreeding of these and other European bloodlines in South Africa resulted in something called the Boer dog, which was used by Boer settlers as a big game hunter and protector. There you go. So, Boerbell is a farmer's dog. Yes. Cute. Yeah. Love a farmer's dog. Very helpful. Very helpful. Doing their job. Did you know that um, stories are told of the Bobel killing and vanquishing lions in South Africa? Holy moly. Truthfully. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if it was like lots of Bobels. Yeah. It says <laughs> he's funny, yeah. it's unlikely that a Bobel would be able to kill a full grown healthy lion. However, they were strong and agile enough to handle the occasional leopard. Yeah. Occasional leopard. <laughs> Just a chill, casual Just leopard. <laughs> the occasional leopard. As you do. There you go. Uh, and that's about it. You guys, Nix has come Staring over to me. Oh, no, she's just chewing on my journal. Never mind. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> no, I'm done. That's what you missed. What I missed? You missed that, that you I said done. I was done. I'm oh, done. Yeah, I did And now that. I want lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Taylor. I'm going to stick with this tangent because it's working for me. Yep. You do hangry well. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Well, we have Justin, so we'd better yeah. make use of him, eh? Ta-da. And Nix is eating your glasses. <gasps> that is so cute. Oh, bye. Nixie. She wants Nix to be involved. Maybe we should get her to talk. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> bye. We'll just get you Nix to meow. You train as well, right, Justin? Yeah. I was talking to you before about a painful turtle that I'm acquaintances yes. with. <laughs> yeah, look, anything an animal can perceive and physically do, we can train them to do it on cue. What, so what else do you do? you train birds? Train birds. Train mostly. Guinea pigs? I have trained guinea pigs. Have you really? Yeah. What yeah. do you do with guinea pigs? How do you train them? So you... A, a cool way to train guinea pigs is a thing called target training or touch training. Yeah. So you get like a little stick, like um, a stick that kind of looks like an antenna with a little tiny ball like on it. Like what they train dolphins with? Yeah. No way. So like a target stick. And so you get the guinea pig to touch the end of the uh, the target stick and they get a little chomp on some apple as a reward for... So did you just get a call one day that's like, my guinea pigs are unruly, please help? Like. No, just... Do it for funsies. Show, show yeah, guinea pigs. Uh, show guinea pigs. You could, you could teach them to stand Wait, pulling guinea pigs. Them. Wait, pulling. <laughs> <laughs> hey. But hey. there's actually uh, a fantastic uh, trainer that um, does a lot of work with guinea pigs and odour detection. Oh. Um, so uh, I will get his name in a minute when it comes back to my brain. Uh, but he trains them for um, explosives detection. <gasps> wow. So, yeah, because you can send a guinea pig into a place where you can't send a dog sometimes. Wow, 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 so wow. So if you're like in an aeroplane and you want to get into the, the tiny little bits and pieces <gasps> to see if there's any explosives That blows my mind. Yes, yeah, so you can send the guinea pig in there. And sometimes so, aeroplanes. Yeah, hopefully Taylor! not. 
<laughs> and there's another Sorry, great organization called Apopo, um, and they train rats to uh, odor detect to unexploded ordnance, but also tuberculosis. Wow. So they're going into. I forget that TB still exists. Yeah, honestly. well, a yeah, lot right? of countries in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Africa where they have problems with both those, yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah. The rats are odor detecting to the unexploded ordnance. It's because they're light, they don't make the thing go boom. Yeah. So <laughs> they can show, tell the people where it's at. And then the trained people come in and remove the, the mines, but also can treat people for tuberculosis. So there's some countries now that have been deemed to be landmine free due to the help of the little rats. That's incredible. Guacamole. That's yeah. so cool. What Amazing. is the coolest thing you've trained a dog to do? <laughs> what is the coolest thing I've trained a dog to do? <laughs> what a great uh, question from Melanie Bolton. <laughs> oh, no pressure. Um, well, <laughs> or a cool thing. I don't know. I, I uh, taught a, a client how to. Um, teach his dog how to get drinks out of the fridge for him. No way. Shut <laughs> up. You did not. Yeah, was this- so I coached them through uh, teaching the dog to retrieve cans of beverages out of the fridge. Holy moly. So Successfully? Successfully, yeah. <gasps> That's uh, wild. So he did realise afterwards he did have to put a lock on the fridge because teaching your dog to open the fridge is a probably not choice. such a good idea. <laughs> Uh, I did warn him about that. He was like, oh, yeah, I see, I see where I went wrong with that. It's really got to contain your You need a separate yeah. like, drinks fridge or something. Yeah, so, or, or look, the regular fridge. But yeah, well, separate yeah. drinks fridge so the dog can go get the drinks for him. Oh, my God. So that's a bit of fun. That's that, wild. Yeah. yeah, wow. That blows yeah. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, anything an animal can perceive or physically do, you can train them to do it on cue. I learned that from Ken Ramirez. You should check him out. Oh. He's one of the best animal trainers in the world, I think. Ooh, Ken Ramirez. Oh. Yeah, wow. What are I, your true fact thoughts on Caesar Milan? Ooh. Oh. oh, not good, are um, they? Look, I don't know much about the human that is Caesar Milan. True. <laughs> Excellent I, start. All I know about is the character that of he Caesar plays, Milan yeah. that we sometimes see on TV. And I really like the saying, um, again, I'm quoting Ian Dunbar, I seem to be quoting him a lot, that sometimes good dog training makes bad TV. Ooh, I try to make yeah. I try to make my dog it's training boring. sessions as boring to watch on TV as possible. Yeah. Especially when it's an aggression based issue. Yeah. I like when people watch my sessions and they go, What's wrong with that dog? There's nothing wrong with that dog. Mm. Why are you even bothering? Because it looks perfectly fine. That's what I like things to look like. Yeah, nice. You don't want to so, train a dog a dog with drama. Like well, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want no drama. You don't want to create drama to fix. I don't want you no wanna, drama. Yeah. You want to train yeah. the dog as is. And if you think about continue. it from a neurological point of view, every time an organism practices doing a behavior, they get better at it. Yeah. So when you know, usually a a behaviorist or a, or a trainer will take a, a history of a situation. We don't necessarily need to see the dog doing that thing again because then they just get to practice it again, and yeah. it makes it more yeah. likely to happen yeah. again. So. Yeah, having look, I regardless of what I think of the the human called Susan Milan, <laughs> I'm sure he's a wonderful human. I think that perhaps the uh, production company yeah. and the channel that he was on were probably a little bit irresponsible. Fair, that's Ooh, a fair, fair assessment. Call. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. But they can always give me work if they want to, <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's responsible. Same. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think that. Uh, I, I don't tend to live in a black and white like binary world. I tend mm. to live in a very um, uh, grey and shades of grey kind of world with lots of 
points on a spectrum. Yeah. So I think there's some things that he says that are, are potentially quite useful, and I think there's mm. some things that are on the show that are potentially quite dangerous. Yeah. For the members of public, like if you mm. have to have the um, the subheading of "Do not try this at home." On a dog training mm. show on shouldn't TV, be trying it at probably cool. shouldn't be showing it to people. You know, yeah. that's what I think. On the topic of uh, dangerous, um, dangerous, I seem to recall you did dog safety workshops. Is that a thing that you did? Dog safety workshops, or like seminars. Yeah, so I used to do seminars on um, dog uh, behavior and body language, right? But and also keeping. Um, people safe at dog parks yeah. and like how to get along at dog parks and things like that. So you have done a few of those sorts of seminars. What do you what do you talk about? So the, <laughs> the main thing is look the main thing is body language. Like yeah. I think and this is something that again on some dog training TV shows that sometimes people who are the experts might miss this very important body language mm-hmm. uh, and don't read the signs accordingly. So the first thing I like to teach people is the canine body language and really it's not a whole lot different to humans we've been hanging out as species for a very long time with each other mm-hmm. so um, there's even some theories that we have uh, co-evolved our our um a communication system. Mm. So, we, and and through breeding, we've bred dogs to be a lot more like humans than they are like dogs. If you imagine yeah. dog, like if you vision wolf, you're not <laughs> seeing Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Well, yeah. That's not what's in your head when I say wolf, right? <laughs> so, however, a Cavalier King Charles's face is almost identical geometrically to a human baby's face. Whoa. Whoa! Yeah, don't do that. Oh a, my goodness! A bulldog's face is almost geometrically the same as a human baby's face. That's wild. So we've bred them to be more like us. Oh, uh, <gasps> You're right. <laughs> Swivel your laptop, laptop around, lady. Looks like a baby. Looks like a baby. Yeah, little yeah, baby face. <laughs> Look at that little baby. Uh, and so, um, the the first thing I like to teach people is about. Body language yes. and being able to recognize those things. So again, like humans, dogs will have a a ladder of escalation. Mm-hmm. So um, through, if you're looking at the fight response, mm-hmm. and and humans are the same thing. Like if you come home to, if you had a bad day at work and you come home to significant other and they start going meh 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 about <laughs> the dish that you left on the sink that morning, <laughs> you might give them like a serious look and you might you know point your fingers at them and you might say. I've had a really bad day. I cannot deal with this right mm, now. Yeah. What's their appropriate response at that point in time? Okay, fair enough. Here's <laughs> some chocolate. Let me know when you're ready to chat. <laughs> Everyone right? take note. That's what you're supposed to do. Please. However, I'm what really humans hungry. tend to do, especially sometimes us boy humans, sometimes go, <laughs> let me fix it for you. We you know, get yeah. closer and we encroach on the distance and then the, the communication gets escalated. I said I've had a bad day. Leave me alone. Right. And then if it gets escalated again, then eventually it's going to stop, sometimes not in a good way. Yeah. And so dogs do the same thing. They they ask nicely. They say to us in this nice dog body language of, excuse me, would you mind terribly, terribly, please? I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind. Please leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And if you see my, if you can see my body language right now, I'm actually doing. He's crouching. I'm crouching, like raising my hands. Yeah. These are body language cues that humans actually use. We actually yeah. use the same body language cues as dogs. So you don't need to be a dog expert. You just need to be observant <laughs> and respect the individual life form that's in front of you. Oh, life advice. 
Yeah. Every time. Every the dating time. advice from last week has <laughs> stuck with me, let me tell you. So I recommend the first thing is learn those those cues of when the dog is whispering. So there's another great dog uh, animal trainer called Shirag Patel, and he suggests that we listen to them when they're whispering at us, not just when mm, they're yelling at us. That's great. Because a lot of the time as humans, we only recognise the dog body language when they're yelling, and that's things like showing us their teeth. Yeah. Then we go, oh, there's a problem. But they've done all this other stuff beforehand like – like licking their lips, like turning their heads away, like raising their paws, like shifting their weight, all these little changes um, that will indicate to us that they're saying, excuse me, I'm not feeling very comfortable right now. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So that's the main thing I like to teach people. Yeah, body language. Mm-hmm. Dog body language. Mm-hmm. So important. But of course, of course it's important. It's how we communicate. It's how the dogs communicate with us. Why has this not occurred to us before? <laughs> right, while Mel has a crisis, I'm going to read you our socials. <laughs> we are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. If you search Floof and Papa podcast, that's F-L-O-O-F and or ampersand P-U-P-P-E-R podcast. We are also on that's not canon.com. You can find us there with all of our other podcasts on the network and our merchandise links. Thanks to That's Not Canon for hosting us. Thank you. And a big Thank special you. thanks to um, Justin for coming in again Thank today. You. We love having you on the show. Yes. I love being here. We appreciate you um, a lot. We can find you on Facebook at... At JPO Pet Coach. Absolutely. And you can also find me on the Find a Trainer at apdt.com.au. Nice. Love that. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And yeah, you. Thank you. And you. And you. And you. Oh, that's it. Go cuddle a doggo. Tell Listen him you love him. Listen language. Listen closely. We love you guys. Thanks again. Have a great week. Bork, 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 bork goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. So what should I listen to now? We are Castology. This is our podcast about podcasts. We are your Castologists, Patrick Shearer, Liz Best and Zainty Weber. Each week, we'll bring you three of the best and sometimes not so best podcasts around. We'll also do the hard work and trawl the RSS feeds to find the newest podcast that should be on your radar. And then next week, we come back and tell you what we thought of the recommendations and bring three new sparkling podcasts to check out. Now, will we always agree with each other's picks? Probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know that's how reviews work. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or any podcatcher of your choice. That's not kind of productions podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.